I have children for you, and I've known them before the foundation of the world. You don't know who you're gonna dance with, but you know you're gonna dance. God just doesn't want to be with me in all the good moments. He wants to be there when I'm in my car, after work, crying. God has woven a tapestry in us and has taught us so much in these past years. This is West Side Stories. Today on West Side Stories, Westside member Sterling Skinner sits down with Westside senior pastor Walter Henniger and director of spiritual formation Ann Henniger to discuss the correlation between working on cars and building relationships. Sterling is the director of instructional labs at Georgia Tech and the founder of the Georgia Tech Auto Show. Sterling has a love for all things with engines and wheels and a knack for bringing people together. And the annual Georgia Tech Auto Show is the culmination of both. And now, let's hear from Sterling. Hey, I'm Ann Henniger. I'm here with my husband, Walter. Hi. And our dear friend and long-term neighbor, Sterling Skinner. Hello. Sterling, there's a lot of things that I associate with you. Thoughtfulness, uh, theological curiosity. Humor. Uh, humor. Um, and and yet there's there's one thing that uh, all, all roads sort of lead back to cars. No pun intended. <laughs> that's yeah. right. <laughs> the cars lead on the road. Okay, that's that's bad. But what are your some of your first memories with cars that started to ignite that interest? Well, I grew up in Statesboro, Georgia. Although I've also lived in up in Beloit, Wisconsin, and uh, gone to school in Rockford, Illinois. My dad's family is all from the north. My mother's family is all from the south. And so we've moved back and forth during my you know youth and. I mean, the first time I remember cars was sitting on the fender of my dad's 1968 or 69 GTO. Um, He had a Pontiac GTO with the factory dual exhaust, factory four barrel, four speed. It was a really nice car. And it's day and I sat on the fender with my feet hanging down on top of the exhaust manifolds while my dad would change spark plugs and, you know, try to get it to run right and uh, working on the family station wagon. Both of my grandparents were, or grandfathers were really into cars. Um, one of them had a, an old Rolls Royce that he had kept all polished up and the other one had a Model T Ford that he loved to ride in parades and ride around town. He had a friend that would dress up as Santa Claus and they would go ride all around town before Christmas handing out things. And I just always had a tremendous affinity and fascination with mechanical things, any kind of linkages, anything with wheels, engines. Went from uh, Matchbox and Hot Wheels cars to radio-controlled cars, go-karts. My grandfather bought me a go-kart. I used to ride that go-kart up and down the sidewalk singing at the top of my lungs, Country Roads (laughs) by John Denver. I just would sing and my mother, she could hear me from the front porch like driving my go-kart back and forth just screaming that song. And when you were young and driving that go-kart around, did you did you dream of being a race car driver or a, a, a car, you know, an engineer for cars? What, what, what did you want? Not then, you know, but I just was just totally enjoying myself and totally in my own world. But later on, yeah, in, in junior high and high school, I remember being on a family trip and being in a Minute Mart and picking up a, a magazine about dune buggies. I just consumed that. That was the most fascinating thing I'd ever seen in my life. Is this 
dune buggy that you could build. And so when I was about 14 or maybe 15, um, I, I just, I wanted to build a, my own dune buggy. I, my dad, oh, he will always be a great dad because he helped me, went and picked up this frame of this dune buggy made in Macon, Georgia and ordered it and all. And I bought a VW Beetle for $50 and took it all apart. And another 73 for like $200 that had a better engine in it <laughs> and put it together. And when I was 16 years old and got my license, it was ready to go. Did that shape what you wanted to major in when you went to Georgia Tech? Oh, I, I, yeah, by that time I was really, I, I, I knew that I wanted to do something having to do with cars I, and engineering sounded like the way to get involved and all that kind of stuff. And my dad was an engineer and grandfather was an engineer. And when I told him I wanted to work as an engineer for the car company, he's like, oh, you can't do that. That I mean, GM and Ford, they, they hire people from, them, from these special schools in Michigan. You can't, can't just be a car engineer like that. I was totally wrong. They're dying to hire people from the Southeast. And so I went to Georgia Tech and ended up getting a full scholarship from GM and their like executive program. I didn't really understand it at the point, but they were like grooming me to be an executive and went to GM, worked for GM for three summers in Detroit and did engineering work. It was so good. It was such a blessing. I got to see behind the scenes before I had to make a big commitment and move up there um, because I don't, I don't think it would have been me, you know? So you end up coming back to Atlanta and, right. and working with Georgia Tech. Went to graduate school, got a master's degree in mechanical engineering, and then during that time when I was getting my master's, this job came up at Georgia Tech to design equipment for the instructional lab. So I'm designing equipment that we use to to demonstrate mechanical engineering. I've loved the job. It's actually been tremendous and has allowed me to pursue a lot of the automotive things as more of a hobby because I have access to a lot of tools. So I've been kind of one of the big car guys at Georgia Tech for a long, long time. So I came up with the idea, hey, we'll have a big car show on campus and everything from the janitor who has a truck, the old truck he loves working on to a professor that has some something that he works on, maybe a similar pickup truck, could all meet, anybody who's kind of associated with Georgia Tech could meet on the campus once a year, kind of as like a technological homecoming kind of thing. <laughs> Not to, would be in the spring rather than the fall, and people could come from all over. One of the things that I'm hearing you're passionate about more than cars are people. Yes, and how absolutely. The convergence it's of a, the two. It's, it's, a, it's a context for relationships. I mean, the purpose for the car show is about community, and it's about people getting to know each other, and there's you know, for someone who's kind of technically minded, a car show is excellent for that. If you go to a Braves game, you don't necessarily meet all the people that you sit around mm -hmm. with, you know? But at a car show, you you know, people stand next to their cars and you go up and start asking them about it. And, and I love the blending of the janitor to the professor. Right, like right. It's, it's like really leveling. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, because the folks on the custodial staff, yeah, they, they work on cars all the time. They have something that they're proud of. I'm I'm curious if there is a uh, a particular vehicle you mentioned the dune buggy, but is there oh, a yeah. uh, one or two vehicles that have just been really um, special to you that you got to work on? Or um, own? Yeah, I mean, I, I somehow I determined that I 
I like Porsches. Uh, my dad was kind of into Porsche stuff, and, and it's kind of an engineer's car. And I ended up with a Porsche 914 that I restored in high school before I drove off to Georgia Tech. So I had a, a recently restored Porsche 914 to go to Georgia Tech in. And What about your yellow car? I saw a picture of a guy who was a Georgia Tech grad in the Georgia Tech parade in the a magazine around campus. And I'm like, I got to go meet that guy. I got his name, went to the Alumni Association, figured out what his name was called him and I said, I love your old Model T Speedster and I want to meet you. I want to personally invite you to come to the Georgia Tech Auto Show. And so he's like, oh, well, yeah, he called me. And later on, when he was um, going to move to a retirement home, he called me and um, gave me the car. Can you describe it? Like what year? What? It's a 1925 Model T Ford, but it has a a fiberglass body on it, which is a replica of like one of the Indy 500 cars from the mid 20s. So it looks like a big sausage um, on <laughs> wheels. It doesn't look like a Model T, but it's all Model T engine and drivetrain, and and it drives like a Model T. I've driven it to work many times in Atlanta traffic. I've seen. Has it. almost no brakes. Absolutely <laughs> terrifying. When you're going 45 miles an hour, which is about top speed on it, it feels like you're going 100. <laughs> and it's it's Your so much love fun. It. <laughs> yeah, like people literally all the time are driving beside me, trying to film me while I'm driving, and they're weaving all over the road. And I'm like, okay, watch the road here. <laughs> and every gas station you go to, people coming up, wanting a picture taken with it, and talking about it, and asking me what. People yelling at me as I'm driving along. Wherever you drive, you like make everyone happy. Aww. I mean, why wouldn't you want that? You made my uncle really happy. My mom's brother uh, restores cars. I think is he has a Morgan. Is that oh, yeah. correct? Oh, yeah. And what was what? There's something else he has. Jaguar. Yeah. yeah. And he was visiting my mom, who was living with us at the time uh, before she passed away. And he came and worked with you. Again, an invitation for community and love of cars. So I also started the Atlanta Garage Party, which is a completely different group of people. Uh, every third Friday night of the month, we meet in somebody's garage somewhere in a metro Atlanta area that is working on some car project. And we send out an email to this big list of people. And then all these people that don't know each other really show up in this guy's garage. And we just stand around and look at his project and ask him questions about it and encourage him. And makes me think about how Muddy Night Brewing got started in the yeah, garage. Yeah. Just open it up and set a date on the calendar and come on. Right, right in our neighborhood. And, and, and Monday Night Brewing, of course, their motto is to deepen human relationships over some of the best beer in the country. The relationships are the priority. I, I wonder if, if there are any, any particular relationships that have been born in your life around cars or maybe any particularly meaningful moments that just started with you've got grease on your hands and you're, you're working under the hood and... And something, something really meaningful happened. I've been with a group of guys when we were building a race car at Georgia Tech, and we had, had, this, we had the engine on a dynamometer, which, which measures the horsepower and torque. And they had been working for, I mean, a month trying to get this engine to start, and it just would not start. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And I'm like, okay, guys, well, when I am really stumped, I pray about it. So... I wonder if you mind if I just pray about the whole thing. And there was silence, so I took that as a yes. And 
I'm like, I stood and prayed over this engine. They called me later. They, they figured it out. I mean, it was like later one of those guys that was standing there said he, he had just moved back to Atlanta and he was kind of thinking about maybe going to a church and what church should he go to because he knew that I went to church sometimes. I'm like, well, come on, meet me. He uh, became a, a great believer, and I introduced him to his wife. And <laughs> and there's some kind of bonding or something that happens on a different level. I've always, my entire life, struggled to share my faith. When I sit down over coffee or something and try to share my faith, it it I my tongue gets so tangled up. I've tried over and over again. It's been I've got funny examples of me just bombing some kind of like actually sharing who I am but like something like when you're greasy and you're working on a problem you're both struggling together to try to get something done who you really are like comes out and it's like so genuine you can't deny you know it's like it just doesn't need to uh, uh, another aspect I know that's, that's part of your love for cars is helping people you know with maybe non-car people I know numerous stories where I've I've reached out to you, or somebody's reached out to you, and you just said, "Come on," and we've I, been those people as well. Yeah, we've yeah, <laughs> yeah say one. I, yeah, I'm one of the stories. You've done yes. that for multiple occasions. What's that like for you? Is it like is it is it fun? Is it service? Is it uh, feels really what, kind. what drives you to to want to help people even with those more mundane projects on like a you know a Hyundai or something? I mean, I, I love getting to know people. I, I find it's it's completely thrilling to get a call in the middle of the night that someone's broken down on the side of the road. <laughs> and one of the ones that comes to mind is um, the way the reason I found Atlanta Westside was through Scott Williams. He called me in the middle of the night. He's like, "Darling, where can I get tire? You know of a 24-hour tire place?" I'm like, "Scott, have you got a flat tire somewhere?" He's like, "I got my whole family in the car and a big boat. <laughs> the kids are asleep in the car." And I'm like. Scott, like, do you have five lug wheels on the... He's like, yeah, I think they're five lug. I'll be there in just a few minutes. I jumped out of bed. I had two trailer tires in my garage, full of air, through the wrenches and, and jacks in the car. I went tearing up there off of I-75. Pulled up. It was like a NASCAR pit crew. I <laughs> threw the jack underneath there. We were jacking up. Scott was like, I mean, he could not have been happier to see me. And the the tire, the wheel and tire that I had just fit right on. This is maybe a weird question, but do you have like a theology of cars or like a like a theological perspective on on what you do? There is a sense of which, you know, I was designed somehow mechanical things. It's just some part of my brain that loves it and it lights up. God's made me this way and I'm going to enjoy it. It's a creativity thing. It's a, um, a beauty thing. It's when a car runs really well, there's just a certain ontological rightness about it. Well, I, I, I can testify both in, in uh, some of the times that you have helped me to work on our cars, but similarly, growing up with a, with a dad who, who worked on them, I still have these images of my dad, sort of his his tongue rolled up in his teeth and sweat dripping off the end of his nose and grease all over his knuckles, straining to get some tough bolt loosened. And uh, that's a, it's a precious memory. Yeah, yeah. 
Thanks for serving us. Thanks for serving our church. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And we need to get more people to come help you work on your cars. <laughs> That's a, This is an open, open call to all the podcast listeners. Well, I've been praying about that a lot. Yeah. I pray I pray it for that. And and uh, God sent me Gray recently, Gray Messier. Yes. And uh, he's been a real encouragement. Well, it's been a, a, a total pleasure, Sterling. We can we can tell what our listeners can't see is that your your whole face, your whole countenance just lights up talking about cars and, and everything around them. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank You're you. welcome. Our special thanks to you for tuning in to today's episode of West Side Stories. And our sincerest thanks to Sterling for joining us today as well. This episode was produced and directed by me, Corey Fleeman. It was co-produced and hosted by Anne and Walter Henniger. Our editor was Tim Lane. Original music was composed and performed also by Tim Lane. If you enjoyed today's episode, we hope you'll share it with friends and family. A positive review on your streaming service of choice would also be appreciated. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.